0: Hey, beautiful people, and thank you for listening to the Bang 23 podcast. If you find this funny, entertaining, or insightful, feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Or if you want to make my day, go show us some love on our Instagram page because I love each and every single one of you. Thank you for listening.
1: Just follow. I love the jar.
0: I think the jar, and I'm talking about the podcast. So your podcast is the jar. I like the jar, the podcast. I've listened to it. And I like the jar. So the, <laughs> I, I was like, Oh, the jar, like that's a cool name. But now I listen, I was like, Oh no, you have a jar of topics or questions that you just kind of oh, whip out and it, and it twists and turns the podcast.
1: Yeah, it's a real, uh, in fact, I have four of them. Uh, I had four jars commissioned for the show. So they're real live jars blown, uh, just for this, just for this project. Uh, and with the intention that they'd hold the questions and people would interact with the jar so there's there's four jars one is um there's a cookie jar you know represent kind of you know treats right you know fun things, and there's olive jar, you know nobility there's oil jar oh, wow uh, pickle jar, so they all you know so there's like these four little team you know my little team and what's we the run pickle around jar. Uh, Sour. I think it's preservation. Nice preservation, and this is by the the blower himself, the glass blower. So this is the kind of the intention that he put in understanding the project, how they'd be what they'd be used for, and then you know understanding all that. That's that's how he built them. Um, So they are they're super cool. They're super cool. Okay, cool. So so you
0: have two pot. You have the jar, which is kind of just a conversation that. You know, twists and turns. You pull out topics out the jar and uh, yep. hit hit the guests with like a curveball, or or, you know, you know really
1: interesting. And I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you the how the okay. questions. Well, the questions all come from a book. Oh shit! So I wrote a book, and then I use the book to craft the four hundred and forty four questions.
0: I did not know that.
1: Yeah, and so that's, that's yeah. So it's, we don't talk about it on on the show, but that's the the background. Um, and so there's just 12 topics, but it took 12 topics and is a- able to craft these, you know, f- these different angles, even on the same question. So it's your yesterdays, your todays, your tomorrows. Wow. Kind of all that stuff in your head. I, we ca- I call that the book of self. Yeah. Um, the book of others uh, would be between you and another human, another person, kind of interpersonal, and that's acceptance, forgiveness, compassion. Great skill set for interpersonal relationships, right? Great way to you know, go about your daily life. And then uh, the Book of All, which is kind of a humanity um, way I would look at it, call it humanity, and that's love, karma, service. Hmm so you know loving fellow people you know loving your fellow you know your fellow humans right other loving other people going around with a loving kind of approach and um you know treating people like you want to be treated and leaving stuff better than you found it or at least yeah. you know like you found it and then um you know being in service to mankind or to being being in service to other people right so if you have that kind of a going the way that way through Life and through humanity, you'll do pretty good. And then the, the last part was faith, hope, and prayer. And so that's Mm -hmm. the, the kind of the spiritual part. So it's yourself, it's other people, it's kind of all people. And it's, you know, whatever your connection is to why you're here, right? And what, you know, what, how you're going to make that connection or how you're going to define that. And I'd call that your, where you're at on a spiritual spectrum. So those are, those are basically the 12 topics and so it's kind of cool cuz there's a there's a whole lot of questions crammed in the jar mm-hmm. right and you know people reach in and they find a special question and then we talk about it as you, as you've heard that part right so you got the yeah. the other now you've got the other the the missing part
0: yeah i got the missing piece and and it seems it's kind of cool too because whenever they get that question it's kind of like I, I don't know. I would feel like that question is destined for me. Kind of like how you, you go to the Chinese place and you get the fortune cookie and it tells you something, but no matter <laughs> what it says, you believe it. No matter what and I don't know why, but I'll believe it, it every time.
1: It's <laughs> like my astrolog it's like astrology, right? It's like, oh my God, that's happening to me right now. M- yes. the, you know, Mercury's in a retrograde and I'm and I'm feeling like a little bit, you know, blue. And I feel it. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, it is. It is kind of like a series. It's like an hour long of getting to open up fortune cookies. Yes. And, that's and great. then, you know, that's a, and using that to tell your story. Yeah. And I think it the cool part is your story, everybody, your story comes out, um, through yeah. the jar, right? You don't have to tell too much background, uh, it kind of comes out. So it's kind of fun. I mean, for me, especially being on the other side of the mic and the other side of the jar, watching people interact with it. Everything in the jar is stuff you've thought about, you think about, but you never articulate it. Yeah, and so that's the that's the uh, the other part of the magic is pe- you know seeing people articulate things right there and expressing them, and then them hearing their own thought thoughts crystallized right, and, and that's yeah. the like the for me is the, sitting directly across, and I hope the audience listening, it's like. They're having these. Oh, oh shit! I, I did that. Yeah, that's that's what I believe. That's yeah, what yeah. that's what that is. That's awesome. So, do you
0: find because this sounds this sounds like very personal? Do you find that people are easy to open up, or is it difficult? Mm. Does it take like a long time to get people to open up about these deeply personal questions?
1: Yeah, it, it was. Um, that was kind of the trick right i I knew one of the things coming up with an idea i I guess I can't remember you know which which part came first, but it's knowing I'm not really a good interview i I don't have skill at not that I wouldn't become a good interviewer, but I didn't yeah. have that skill, and I didn't know how to do it, and I wasn't really comfortable thinking on my feet I'm not really good at like a like instant comebacks. Yeah, that's not me. I'm I'm a more of a clay pot guy. I'm not a wok fryer, man. I'm, I'm slow cooking. So <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to do really well. And I have ADHD and ADDD and whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't even be able to pay attention to someone after 30 minutes or two minutes, you know, I'll be thinking of something else. So I was like, oh, shit, that's, you know, I got to come up. And so that's where the idea of the pre-printed questions kind in. Mm. and then the 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 super trickery is i don't ask any questions so there's no there's no we don't need any any warm up talk they right. pick their own like you said the destiny takes over they pull the question they're supposed to pull
0: yeah that's crazy you
1: know what i find that that's true as well and
0: it's something that i was really surprised about um I guess growing up and still now I kind of view the world as everybody's in their own bubble and no one has time mm. for my shit. Uh, everybody <laughs>
1: is, is busy. It's part, partially true.
0: Oh, <laughs> it's definitely true. Go to New York <laughs> city. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody has time for your shit. Uh, and, <laughs> for sure. And, and I was like, okay, so, but I've always been curious about these questions. These questions like that exist in the jar. Like I would love to know, what do you or anybody classify as your biggest mistake? What was your biggest achievement? Who was yeah. your best friend? Yeah. Do you have, do you ever regret losing a friend? And these are the type of questions that you ask people and they're just an open book. They're like, oh, let me tell you everything. And I'm like, holy I, shit. Maybe my whole
1: worldview is wrong. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, it, it is. I had the same, the same apprehension. Like what, uh, who's going to want to be on the show, right? Yes, like, yes. And <laughs> And it's interesting, you know, it's interesting, right? You find, we find people and, you know, it's not, it's not difficult. We even, um, after we took a break during the, during the process, we tried to be pretty accommodating where we interviewed people in the beginning, right? <laughs> tried to, and and so we ended up at some point, quite a few of the interviews took place in hotels, my hotel. As an easy place, right? We'd set up in the lobby or the lounge, you know, somewhere kind of quiet. We tried to do our best job with that and scrounging. And that just was like a, it turned into a, a poopy show, um, audio wise, you know, and then me trying to run around and find places. And it was never optimal, rarely optimal. Um, so after, so recently we just said, you know, here's the story. We put it in the, in the, in the show notes and said, it's up to the guest to find a location. And, you know, the guest home is the best or their office or a library or another studio, public, you know, like a public place. Anyway, it's worked out perfect. No one gave, no one cares. Come on into the home. You know, it's not at all a hurdle. Um, It's funny. How does that work? How does that work? How do you
0: get strangers to invite you into their house?
1: We put in a Facebook ad out and said, tell your story. The jars come into the jars, come into Dallas, Texas, um, you know, Chat here, and people chat in. They're like, you know, what's the jar? Or they go to the website. They're like, I want to be a guest. They read the instructions, and they they open up their home, and they they they're they're vulnerable, instantly vulnerable. And I mean, it's kind of funny. I call it sometimes. I call the the first question when you know after we have a nice chit chat, right? We have a little ice breaking. So we we we. As I sit down in the house we I have to set up the gear i'm i 'm the alone guy, but I, you know we still got mics we got you know a little bit of gear, a couple of cameras I set up, and we chit chat and then we get right into the jar. they give a little background right maybe ten minutes, maybe twenty minutes, and then it 's okay let's i 'll invite you to the jar, pull a question, have a wow. look, and then pass it to me i 'll read it for the audience and then there 's this They pull the first, very excited. They pull the first question and, you know, I can see when they look at the question sometimes there's that, I call it insta regret, right? (laughs) Like they just look at the question and they're like, holy hell. Like, how am I going to answer this? Right. Like, Oh, that's a big question. And and a lot of them are are heavy questions. The first question. And so it's kind of funny insta regret.
0: Well, Uh, I'm going to steal your approach here okay i'm about to hit you with the jar it's not really a jar it's (laughs) just a list of questions but i I love it all right so yeah i just want to remind you that listen anything goes this is not being listened to by the fbi i don't think probably so but (laughs) but uh all right if you could have killed someone and gotten away with (laughs) it at any time in your life would you have done it you don't have to name say who, of course,
1: because that would be sketchy. Like in maybe, the mo in the moment, like back just, to tra- like transporting myself back to a moment. Yeah,
0: I maybe think, you like know, you. You got picked on as a kid. And yeah, like, yeah. If if I could, I would fucking shoot
1: that bully right now in his fucking yeah, head. Would, right, right. I would shoot. Him. Oh, yeah. have I ever? I don't think I ever got to that level. I I definitely had a couple people I would have liked to have hurt. Yeah. But I don't think everyone to kill like to kill anybody.
0: Yeah, it's a good question. Or or, or make them disappear.
1: Like, let's we, you don't have to do the knife. You just snap your fingers and boom, they're and the, gone. And they they're never and they're back. gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can't do it. Too many too many un, unknown side effects of that. There's, even with the magic fingers, there's there's you can't just make it something disappear. Right? There's you're too right, many. Right. There's too much interconnectivity. That's like pulling a thread on a suit. Right? You just don't know when.
0: You don't know. Yeah. And you, you can't, you can't answer with like, um, I don't know, like Vladimir Putin or something like that. Like, that's a cop out. I'm talking
1: about personal. Um, oh yeah. No, personal. Yeah. Absolutely. Personal.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, all right. Cool. So back to the jar. So do you, do you drive to these people's houses? Like you, you're traveling, are you flying or how do you, how are you getting to these areas? I have a big sprinter van.
1: And, um, you know, got the logo and everything splattered all over it. And, uh, I just rock from town to town every four days I change cities.
0: Do you live in the van?
1: I don't live in the van. It's kind of a disappointment. I mean, it's not, I, now I can realize it would have been a, that's a hard, that's a hard ask, uh, Living Just living in that little thing, right? Because um, it's big, but it's it, if it was your house, it would be really teeny, right? It would yeah. be super tiny. Um, no, so I'm, I'm like right now I'm in, a, in an Airbnb uh, nice. in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I just finished my four interviews. Uh, so I had uh, one on the day I arrived. So I changed cities, I check out, uh, check out of my hotel or Airbnb in the morning, uh, drive whatever, you know, two hours, four hours, and then have an appointment. In the afternoon, do an interview and then go check in. And uh, then two the next day, and then one. And then I got a day and a half kind of a break to make sure I get all this, all the other work done. And then, and then communicate with the next people I'm going to go meet. So just this rolling every four days, we're changing cities, uploading files, changing batteries, charging batteries, changing files. It's, it's, it's a wild, uh, I'm on a merry go I'm on a hamster, but I'm running up. I want about six hamster wheels all at the same time.
0: <laughs> How in the hell can you afford this? Unless you're, unless maybe you're making millions on your podcast and congrats for you. But that, it seems like very costly.
1: Yeah, it, it, it is costly. So one is, um, I'm not making money. Okay. So I looked at this as, um, I did, I did well in my job. So I can, I can say that I had a good amount of money that I was willing to invest in my, what I was kind of calling it my third act. Right. So I was, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this is not, I'm not a professional interviewer. Um, so Mm -hmm. this was something like, what am I going to do when I'm 70? What am I going to be doing? What's my, what am I going to look like when I'm 80? Right. What is that? Cause we're, you know, we're living longer. You can't plant, you know, you can't, you're not going to retire at 60, you know, it's ridiculous. You, you could do something different. But you don't have to, you could quit. You can retire from that work, but you can't retire from life, right? You got to still get up. You got to be active. You got to do something. You got to contribute to society, right? Just remember still that, you know, you got to be, you got to be in service. You got to throw some love around and, uh, you know, you got to be making sure that you make amends and you leave the place better than you found it. And, you know, so that, that's some work. Um, so anyway, you got to keep doing something. Uh, so anyway, yeah. Yeah. So what
0: what you're talking about, you got to make service, you got to make amends. These tend to be like a theme in all books or literature on happiness, right? They all kind of talk about the same thing. It's like, Hey, you need a community. You need to do something you're passionate about. You need to be a good person. And this is, this seems to be programmed into us as human beings. Like there is a path to happiness. Why do you think it's 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 that way? Why? How come it's it can't be like? How come a person or the majority of people can't be happy kicking dogs and drowning cats?
1: Like why doesn't that make people happy? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, it, like it's an honest, like and honestly, from an honest standpoint, that's a good question, right? There should be because that brings does bring in a, in a goofy way. When we were kids, you know, I used to do stupid, you know, stupid ass stuff, and like it was what not a good. I was not a good human. Oh, I had a pellet rifle. We used to shoot birds and shoot at squirrels, and yeah, you know, I used to drive down alleys and kick cans over, garbage cans over, because you know that was yeah. the thing. You know, I was a, I was a dirtbag, um, you know. But you grow up, right? Hopefully, you grow up, and you know, even though I had really good examples as parents, it's like not my parents. It's not like my parents weren't really good examples either, right? So that's just one hundred percent on me. Yeah. Um, you know, I think you You grow up, and you know you start to have a different a different view right on life. And I think the reason is as you become a little bit more connected and open, um, you know you realize we are just balls of energy, right and And so mm-hmm. if you're gonna if you're gonna buzz at a certain frequency, I think running around and kicking and damaging other pieces of energy right? You know, that it's a dog, but it's still got some kind of a soul, right? It's still got some kind of a vibration, still a ball of energy and to run around and and to do negative damage to that, right. And create that kind of knock on effect. Um, I don't think that's harmonious with, with, so even if you remove the human part and just go to a different level, um, I don't think it's something that kind of violence eventually is not good, right? You can, it's not good.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. That, okay. This is a great point actually, because so hypothetically, let's just say that 100% of humanity got happiness from kicking dogs and burning cats and, you <laughs> yeah. know, shooting right. okay. shoot, yep. shooting squirrels. If this happened, then we would not be around, right? It's not sustainable, right? Humanity would perish because we're all screwing each other's wives and then we kill each other and yeah, all it of would this. Just be, yeah, we'd, all, we'd
1: already all be dead for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is, this is interesting. I know me personally... Um, I I still am probably a little shit, but (laughs) as a kid growing up, I did all of that stuff. You know, I used to, you know, walk down, used to throw trash out the window, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. And then what stopped me was I would see other people who were assholes, but like in a different way, maybe they were like super selfish or something like that. I'm like, damn, like you know, screw this guy. This guy's selfish as shit. I hope I never, I hope I'm never like this guy. And so let me make sure I'm not selfish, you know? And then it just kind of, it just kind of evolves. And then eventually like, okay, I'm like not so much of a shithead anymore.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's just, I think a lot of it's maturity, Um, you know, and, and, but you'll get to another, I think there's another level past, um, you know, past the, the, the personally, like the, the human equation, right? I think there is, you get to see, the connectivity of of people right we're all connected you see the universe you start to see the way everything is connected right um yeah. it's the only way i can describe it stumbling for words a little bit there but once you once you do see it like like if you understand it's kind of hard to explain it when i'm looking outside i'm going yeah if you get it you get it if you know you know <laughs> and there's only like there's like a time when you see stuff uh, let me explain the story real quick let's do it let me let me go down a rabbit hole for you, um, since you know, since this is the anything podcast, it goes anywhere. It goes anywhere, dude. That's a beautiful glass, by the way. Do you own that glass? No, but I, I mean, I could probably break it and then I'd own it.
0: Um, oh, no. <laughs> Yo, you're an Airbnb. Don't do that.
1: Don't I do mean, that. I, I could, I could, or I could steal it, and I'm sure they'd find me. Oh um, well, yeah, all right, yeah. All right let, all you know, Let's steal it and let's
0: throw it at a cat. <laughs> yeah. No, no, we're not, we're not advocating cat violence.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just calm down everybody. Um, so real quick, real quick side story about the universe. And, um, and when you open up to it and you start to, I'd say, embrace it and look for it, right. And see the signs. And, and it's, you know, I don't know when it happens or when it. it's, is, is it always showing itself or do you have to be looking? And this is a, this is a great question. If I'm you, that's the question, right? It's is, is the universe always there or is it in doing this and we just don't see it or is it preparing you and it is showing you all the time? It's a a real fast forward. So I I was doing the jar. I was about, I don't know, I was in city, whatever. I was in coming to to North Carolina. So I was on my way to North Carolina and uh, in there was a boss of mine, a former boss. Very senior guy in the company. This is a big baller dude, right? I mean, not just from the job and the responsibilities and the stuff he did, but also an imposing, like, marine dude, like a Scottish Mm -hmm. badass genetic freak. Okay. So physically, uh, just spiritually, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, a very impressive human. So, um, so he had, uh, Been at the job quite some time, about 10 years. And he suddenly left and quit, resigned. And nobody could imagine he wasn't going to come back at the competitor's job, at the CEO, like, in a bigger job. That was for sure what he was doing. Because he had done that once, twice before. So, um, but it turned out wasn't the case. His daughter had a rare brain cancer. And it had taken her life quite suddenly. And... (sighs) he was there when she died Hold. he was holding her he was there it's cuz he had taken this kind of some time and you know a lot of people didn't know the story and it just affected him so much he just said uh, man i got mo- i got enough money I, I you know my kids my happiness being around people i love way more important than some title and chasing more money so he was done out like that he also had had a new recent wife and I think a lot of that was them sp- you know wanting to spend more time together and not waste the time and he was 60 he's 61 and she's you know maybe a bit younger. So anyway, so I'm going to get a chance to visit them in their home in North Carolina. This is like my one of my favorite bosses of all time and I'm coming to North Carolina with this jar and and I kind of know that story I don't but I kind of forgot the story and um I mean I I knew his daughter died and I couldn't remember the, all the details. So anyway, I rock up to his house and it's kind of cool. He's, you know, we are simpatico. Uh, We go to lunch and these guys are cute in love. They're like cute in love. And I'm sitting in the back seat on the way to lunch and I get presented, like in a way presented. I'm a, I'm a, a, I'm a photographer and I saw a frame that was shown to me in a way. And it was them holding hands like this on the gear shift like they're 16 freaking years old. I'm like, what is that? Like, that's the cutest fucking thing I've ever seen. These are like (laughs) old people and they're in love. Like the whole time I'm around them, they're in love. And then I saw that and it was like, wow. Okay. So fast forward, come back after lunch. And I'm, I'm excited. I'm like, look guys, I want to show you my jars. I want to show you one of the jars. and I want you to pull a question. Bring the jar into the house. Right. So it's my friend and his wife. And my friend pulls a question, can love be felt through the touch of a hand? Wow! And, and I'm like, whoa. And they looked at each other. That's their love language. And I'm like, this is crazy. Very interesting. Okay. Fast yeah. forward. The next day, two days later, um, a couple of days later, my guest, I, I take these jars and I drop them down in front in front of the guest, the open end. And I see the back. And the question staring at me on the back is, can love be felt to the touch of a hand? Mm-hmm. So there's, eight, there's 444 questions. There's 888 sides. And that question is showing itself to me. Straight up, not upside down, not sideways, straight like that. And I'm like, whoa. Weirder, two days later... I'm at this uh, with a guest and we're talking and I share her the story. I'm like, this is the weirdest thing that's happening to me. This question keeps coming up. I mean, these guys and I'm telling them the story and about her fourth question is, can love be felt to the touch of a hand? I'm like, okay, it's just showing itself. Like I don't see questions that like three days in a row, right? There's a lot yeah. of questions that, and I shuffle them. So anyway, she tells a story of her mom aging in place. And then ultimately succumbing to a brain cancer and i'm like well what's the brain cancer name i write that down i'm like that sounds familiar so i get i get in the car and i message my boss and i'm like what was the brain cancer your daughter died of and he tells me the name and i'm like whoa well you're not going to believe it but the question came up a couple days your question came up you know two more times and today this lady's mother died of the same brain cancer as your daughter. Wow. And he messaged me back and he said, Today is her birthday. Wow. So how does that happen? Yeah, that's
0: that 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 type of stuff is so odd and I think a lot of people dismiss that type of stuff as a coincidence or, you know, a statistical anomaly, but I I think people are denying what they really feel inside because whenever that type of stuff happens, or for example, an, another one is uh, my, my mother passed when I was 16 years old and then like randomly a year after she passed, my entire room smelled like her perfume. She wore this cheap nasty perfume. My entire room just all of a sudden started smelling like it and I'm like, "Whoa." And you know, a lot of people just say, "Oh, that's a coincidence," you know, maybe blah blah blah, but in whenever you experience that, like what you experience, your this- gut and your heart is saying something completely different and your uh-huh. maybe your brain is trying to lie to you, but it's it's weird. I can't I can't describe it, man.
1: Yeah. And that's what i was saying. When, you know, if you're, if you're open to it, those are the, th- that's a sign. I mean, for you, that's a message, you know, yeah. that, that there's another plane, there's stuff going on. You can't see, you can't really, because f- how can somebody, and, and I think for me uh, on reflection, it's, it was his daughter sending a message back to him that I felt your, yeah. I felt your touch. I felt the touch of your hand. I felt your love.
0: Just yeah, don't I mean, there was
1: for me the ob- it was like the obvious answer, and then it's gone after her birthday. That's it. The, like that whole thing's gone. It's done. The birthday's over. She sent the message, and she's she's moved on.
0: I really I, think that that people yeah. kind of um, along these same lines. I think people are really scared to believe in or to engage in anything that they cannot explain with pure science and statistics. But Mm. I I genuinely believe there's some shit that we do not understand, right? Because, for example, a thousand years ago, not even a thousand, George Washington died because he had the flu and they were bleeding him to
1: death. (laughs) It's (laughs) like, oh, you
0: got the flu. We got to cut you open like a
1: fish. (laughs) that, That was some nasty business, man. He got done wrong on that.
0: Hell yeah, he did, man. Poor guy. (laughs) He's like, just give him some some orange juice or something like that. So that was just like 200 years ago. And that was our medical knowledge, right? And so now all of a sudden we think like, oh, we know everything, guys. We know it all. We know all the medical shit. We know how the world works. We know physics. We know everything. And I just don't believe that to be true. I think a lot of people would acknowledge that, for example, dogs Mm. and animals can sense things that we cannot. So for example, like it's very common for horses to like start acting strange whenever a big storm is incoming. Um, oh
1: yeah. Horses are you know a whole other. they're a whole different
0: kettle of fish. It, exactly. And so it's like, if these animals can perceive things that we can't, and we kind of acknowledge that what makes us think that there's things going on around us that we just don't have the ability to perceive and that's kind of the way I'll look at it it's i just
1: had this um, this this woman on my other podcast mental health one the other day and she runs a horse it's equine they, but she runs a horse ranch basically a kind of a ranch in Arizona and she uses the horses for healing whoa yeah How? and so Right. How? And so they have this emphatic brain. So it's a part of your brain that develops when you're being held, like when you're, you know, when you're being loved and nurtured, right? There's that, this brain, right? This is kind of this connection brain that connects you to other beings. And, you know, that's where your Jeffrey Dahmers didn't have one. Other people have big ones, but, you know, basically if you're, if you like other people, you've got that human need, you've got this part of the brain. I I can't remember the name of it, the spelling, and but apparently, horses have jag parts of this brain, Whoa. and so they're nonverbal. And they're nonverbal horses are nonverbal, they don't bark, right? They don't even, they just neigh a little bit. But so they use their, their, they use this brain to connect with people in a super special way. And then their hearts, their hearts are gigantic. So they have, if you get into that breathing between, you know, if you breathe like a box breathing. Between your if you connect your heart and your your mind and your breathing, if you get into this like little box breath and you kinda have this this meditative state, your your energy gets to a certain frequency. And the horse can link up to that frequency like a Wi Fi mm. and heal you. It's wild. Holy shit.
0: Yo, it's wow. and
1: is- it's and it's not and it's it's scientific. there's there's, stu- there's like real papers on this. But what's that happening
0: is crazy shit, dude.
1: Yeah, what hap- what the is happening is crazy when you when you understand what's actually happening there. Not that I just feel good around horses. It's actually what's happening is bananas. Yeah, so maybe that's why
0: people feel good about horses. Because people who are into horses, to be honest, they feel a little culty to me. <laughs> it's like it's like horse people are like a little weird. It's a whole other level. But uh, does anybody hate horses, dude? I'm I'm terrified of horses. Okay, I never uh, touched a horse. I've, I've, I've never what? been close to a horse. Get out of here. Dude, I'm scared as shit. They're huge. They're like over a thousand pounds and they kick you once and you're dead instantly. There's no yeah. conversations. There's no like I'm bleeding. You're just gone. You're it's, here and then
1: you're gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's lights, lights on, lights off. <laughs> I'm scared, dude. Oh, uh, they're 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 amazing. I'm I'm definitely yeah, I've ridden them quite I've been lucky to ride horses quite a bit. Not like a lot lot, but I mean like more than probably the average person. Um and just love men being around them. Did you ever fall off of one? I don't think so. I almost fell off as a kid. I do remember almost falling off. Um yeah. and I've gone really fast and almost kind of feel like, you know, if you fall off, this is gonna hurt. When you're uh, hauling you- ass, it's 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 super exhilarating though, if you're in sync oh, with the shit. horse and you're hauling ass. That's fun. Are uh, aren't your your butt's pretty high up though, right?
0: Like off the ground. If you fall, it's a it's a long fall, is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You're going to, yeah, it'll leave a mark. That'll leave a mark. Shit. Oh, yeah. So something, leave. So, Especially if so, you're moving, right? I mean, just falling off, you might leave a mark. But if you're, if you're moving, you're definitely going to, you're going to for sure leave a lot of marks.
0: Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm just scared. Maybe I'm just a pussy. Pro- I am a pussy. So, yeah. But I, yeah. I'm terrified of these things. They're, they're just pure
1: muscle and really smart. Yeah. So, anyway, it's a, a, another, another example of, of stuff that's, that's interesting. That's hard to ex, that you wouldn't be able to explain until there's actually science behind it. And, and this is what's going on. So we are, you know, we're on frequencies and the horse can line up to that frequency. And like I said, can actually heal you.
0: Yeah, that, that's one of the craziest things I've heard in the past month. Um, but I, I definitely believe you 100%. I think there's a lot yeah. of there's a lot of other shit like that too. Shit, maybe turtles can like heal our dogs or something <laughs> like that. Uh, you, you said something earlier that kind of insinuated uh, about this gentleman. He was like, um, hey, I made enough money. I want to be happy now. And so it kind of insinuated that whenever you're growing up, you either have a choice to have a – um a profitable very profitable career or happiness now i know that there's the 1% mm. who get both right the you know the the denzel washington he loved to act and now he's a millionaire boom both yeah do you think for most people like you and i it is a choice do you want to be happy and follow your passion or do you want to make money
1: well i think you know look you got to eat right so you've got to find some kind of work and hopefully Hopefully that's not work that it feels like enslavement, right? So hopefully you can find some freedom in your work, right? Um, and then that's, I think that's going to be close to happiness, right? You, I saw just saw Gary V of Gary V, something similar to this. And, and he was talking about, there's a lot of people who are making, you know, $50,000 a year and they're living a, you know, they're living a $42,500 a year life. You know, and they're pretty happy. They're crushing it, right? They're they're saving money and they're they're living and they're living inside their means and they live and they they know who they are and they're cool with it. Probably pretty happy. And then there's you know people making one hundred and twenty thousand living the hundred and fifty thousand dollar life and they're freaking <laughs> miserable, right? <laughs> like yeah. they're getting up every day. They're totally enslaved, right? They got no savings. They can't you know you know it, it's so. You know, money's definitely not going to make you happy. That is 100% proven thousands and thousands of times, right? Very easy to show that, um, you know, but it, if you, you know, if you're decently, I, I guess if you're, if you've got, you're kind of a good stable mindset, it can definitely make life easier, right? It can give you things, you know, give you opportunities to, but it's not going to give you opportunities to find happiness, but it's definitely going to allow you more opportunities to, to do things in life. And maybe some of those be momentary happiness, but, you know, in the still yeah. of the night, you know, at the end of the day, as I face the night, I'm looking for peace of mind. Right.
0: Yeah. That's a good I, I
1: one. One of my songs, you know, is, is basically around this, right. You know, at the end of the day, you know, it's just you, the mirror, the night, the stars and yourself, and you've got to be cool with yourself. And no yeah. amount of money you can wrap around, you can't wrap enough money around yourself to make you okay with you.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Um, what what did you do for your career? What, what was your job for most of your life?
1: So I was, um, you know, kind of a happiness quotient. I was, uh, <laughs> I mean, I most recently did, I, I spent a lot of time in Asia as uh, insurance executive.
0: What does an insurance executive do? What type of insurance, and why so, Asia?
1: Yeah, I know, I know all those questions, right? Uh, I answered an ad, uh, so back in 1999, yeah, or 2000, sorry, 2000, I answered an ad, in and in, uh, in, on the internet, early internet stuff. I answered an ad. It was and it was really an ad to go work overseas as an insurance person. I had a particular uh, experience selling business to business. And then kind of to the consumer, sold like life insurance. So selling, nice. selling insurance, like life, and with agents. And so that's ultimately what the job was. You know, let's go over to Asia and help build some of the distribution for foreign countries, companies. So American companies doing business in Asia. And they're looking for experts to come over and, and go to countries, teach people what we know, and then, you know, and do that in multiple countries or multiple businesses. So it was life insurance. It's great fun absolutely fun. And you run around, you give speeches, you meet people, you eat funny food. Um, you know, you spend a lot of time on airplanes and, you know, doing PowerPoints and trying to kill each other, you know, as, as insurance executives trying to take, you know, kill each other's So, you know, take their job or who knows, um, you know, all that good fun stuff, crazy ass, uh, wild, wild West, um, fun stuff. But I did it for 20 years. And towards the end, looking for, you know, what am I going to do for my next act? What's my next 20 look like?
0: Why Why would you have to stop? I mean, what, if, if you love it, it's fun. Why stop?
1: Um, well, it still wasn't, I mean, and in, in it was purposeful. I mean, I have to say the one thing I did enjoy, I really did love about the job and I ne- would not have stayed that long, um, but it was a good purpose. We were doing good work. Uh, around uh, ultimately, what we were doing was was good for the countries, good for good for Asia in general. Um, yeah, it's more for me in that role. There's a lot of giving of yourself. Um, you really there's no one replenishing your jar. You are mm-hmm. just absolutely you got a spigot at the bottom, and you are giving all the time. Right, you're always uh coaching, training, supporting, driving, um, you know, taking taking the hits for people and dishing out the trophies, you know, for other people, right? And yeah. and so that's a hard that's a hard job when no one no one builds you up or or you know, replenishes your jar. It's up to you all the time. So to find out what is that going to be where I can create my own, right? Create my own juice you know, fill my jar up, you know, cut off my, you know, maybe I have two spigots is okay, but at least I can make my own juice from inside. Right. Something that really um, is empowering, just uplifting for me. And that would, and that's partly is doing that third part, you know, third act, but also the third book, you know, which is giving love, um, trying to leave the place better than I found it and being in service to people. And so that's kind of what I'm doing right now is that oddly, I just kind of realized that my third act is also kind of my, you know, my third, uh, third book, book of the book of all. Do you find that how, or
0: how in your life, your entire working life, have you found that the work environment has changed? Has corporate America changed? Because for example, me, I'm 32 years old. I'm 32 years old. Um, And I hear my parents and I hear friends and family friends. And they tell me all these stories about how they went work at the factory. They went work as a bank teller, as a grocery store clerk. They had their best friend. Their boss was at their wedding. They hang out with all their coworkers on the weekend. Their coworkers come to their house. It's like a big family. And I'm just, I have never recognized this type of work environment in my entire life. Oh man. Yeah. So is that like, yeah, it's a is thing. Is that a change? It, it, has it changed, or is it I'm just working at the wrong place?
1: Yeah, or wrong industry. It could be wrong place, wrong industry. Uh, certain industries for sure promote it. Um I think in the day when you had a factory, everybody lived close to the factory, you know, not too far away. Um, so you had that commun you had a community bond, right? And the factory, you're making a product, you're making a widget, you're proud of it. Um so I think those are – it's culture. It's definitely going to be work culture. And mm-hmm. some of the work cultures, I think, lean more or enable themselves a little bit more driven towards that kind of, you know, making sure the family and the and everybody's together. Definitely yeah. the one I was in, insurance is all about, you know, hanging out together, being friendly, going out after, going out before, you know um, – celebrate birthdays all that stuff absolutely bring family on trips you know you get to know the family Whoa. that's part of the that's oh yeah it's part of the game man that's, that's you crazy. know crazy yeah cuz you know if you're going to ask the wife to be at the office <laughs> on weekends and Saturdays and Sundays and go and chasing down sales you know you better meet the husband <laughs> to convince him <laughs> it's a good idea and she's going to make a lot of money so you should let her do it or you should support her right? So you got to get the family and insurance. We need the family. You need the family to support them uh, on these kind of sales jobs.
0: That's awesome. You know, my, my father-in-law is actually an insurance salesman and he is, he's definitely like that with his coworkers and, and buddies as well. They are just very close. You know, I had one work environment that was somewhat like what you're describing. Uh, it was actually McDonald's. I flipped burgers at McDonald's for like three years and we awesome. were all, we were all really cool. Like we knew each other, Hey, Leslie, what you watched last night? All of that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, let me meet your boyfriend, all of this stuff. But you know what happened? My manager was fucking me in the ass. Okay, what would what, what happen is, and I was best friend. Her name was Tina. Um, I was really good friends with her. We told like very personal stories and like shared stuff like that. Mm. Oh no, Chris, I'm having, you know, my kids are pissing me off. Cool. Hey, we were like best friends. But you know what she was doing is she was cutting my overtime to where they were not they were so like i would work 43 hours she would go in the system and reduce that down to like 39 and a half hours to where because her bonus was tied to how much overtime was paid out they didn't want overtime paid out i worked overtime because nobody would show up right and so oh. she was, yeah 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 so I, so like tina tina's my friend tina said hey chris you know billy didn't show up do you mind staying a couple extra hours sure tina no problem turns out she was fucking me the whole time
1: and, oh, and that's the thing it's like that's I was so flipped. dirty that's I was flipping dirty. burgers
0: bro it's not like i was making eight bucks an hour dude why are you gonna fuck me and so and after that maybe i'm a little jaded because i was like man, screw. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad so i was like man screw all of these people man are y'all gonna oh. cut me out I'm about three hours of overtime so I could buy a beer and de-stress from this shitty workplace.
1: <laughs> that so yeah, is, I'm jaded. She dude. did you dirty.
0: Yeah, dude, it's really fucked up. I can't believe she would do that. And th- this is quite common in, in McDonald's, at least where I, I was uh, down here. Um, there was a bunch of other workers and managers doing this. They would go in a computer and edit your hours afterwards just you know, so that they can get their bonus while you know, fucking you out of
1: paying your light bill. Crazy shit, man! Oh man, I mean they're screwing people out of twelve dollars a week, right? Bro. So they can so they can make another hundred. Oh, that's dirty!
0: I I I couldn't believe I could not believe it. It was the
1: most insane thing ever. Um, well, why not come but, to you and say, "Hey, I'm going to cut your hours, but I'm going to flip you a twenty dollar bill." Do something,
0: bro. Do something. But you know what, my I, buddy, Jared, my if buddy you're Jerry, my buddy scamming the system, stealing. You might
1: as well let you know share.
0: Yeah, yeah. How about how about this? It's like, hey, Chris, listen. My bonus is going to be a thousand bucks. I'm going to shave you hours, but I'm going to give you two hundred. Like, okay. Oh, you'd be like, that's yeah, sweet. Yeah, let's let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. Yeah, I'll help you. You help me. You know, hey, we're all dirty here. You're breaking a damn law, so let's break it together. But like I said, my buddy. <laughs>
1: that's right. I, I actually, in reality, is you, she's actually breaking the law. Like yeah, literally, no. she's not she's not fudging hours on McDonald's. She's literally committing a crime.
0: No, it's 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 a legit crime. Um, and yeah, it's I, a legit I would,
1: crime. That's I would that's call. Wrong. Like,
0: yeah, I would call like upper management. And they were like, "Oh, we're gonna look into it." They wouldn't do anything. I would talk to other coworkers at different McDonald's owned by the same people. They were like, "Yeah, man i I don't know why this is happening. My hours just don't line up." So yeah, it was it was all fucked. But like I said, my buddy Jerry was actually stealing money from the store. So yeah, um he was he was into drugs. I was into drugs a little bit too, but uh yeah, what he would do is he would so like let's say your change is nine bucks, yeah. He would, yeah. Give, you, he would give you eight dollars, and then he would do that for five people, he would short five customers a dollar, and then he would take a five dollar bill out the register, put it in his pocket, <laughs> this and just is work it,
1: work it yeah. all night,
0: all night, yeah. And so like if if let's say you count, he's like, hey man, you owe me nine bucks and you gave me eight. I'm so sorry. Here's your extra dollar. Have a nice day. But, and so the, the drawer would line up. So yeah, I was like, man, fuck these people. But anyways, this is, this is not good. I shouldn't be talking about this. So you lived in Asia for a long time and Asia is a continent, right? So I don't know which country, which country did you? Yeah. So
1: I lived in quite a few countries. So I lived um, from, from Hong Kong. So I lived in Hong Kong. Uh, I also lived in um, Thailand, Vietnam, Indonesia uh, and India. So I lived in five oh. countries.
0: What's I your favorite?
1: W- yeah. A tough call. Um, man, you know, different favorite. If I like favorite, I think would be easy if the, to wait for me to find. If I had to go back tomorrow, where would I live? Yeah. Thailand. Why? And, but it's not my favorite in a lot of ways. Right. But it's a okay. easy. It's the best place to live and to travel out of. I mean, there's good ones like Singapore. There's other places, but um, there's some great countries. Depends on what I would go back to live for and the purpose. But um, I mean, I love each one for different reasons. Uh, but I lived in Vietnam a long time. Great country. Really great place. Anybody's looking to visit somewhere in Asia, go to Vietnam. Vietnam and Thailand, you know, you know Bangkok's a great place to go. Um, and then Vietnam, a little bit more rustic. Mm. A little bit more, you know, a little bit less developed.
0: Uh, hey, what what like was the best the, food? What what was the the women's situation like? I mean, are they compared to American women? Is it, are they different? Are they, you know, more sexual, less sexual? What's the scoop here? Yeah,
1: it's good. It's good. Um, look, I think what it does have, I mean, Thailand's like a, set, you know, is definitely, a se- it's got sex tourism, right? And, and that exists in most Asian countries, right? There's some level of it. Right. Or it's available. Definitely way, way more available um, than here in the U.S. And and also in a lot of ways, uh, more people are more open to it um, in in Asia. Right. They're they're more open to this kind of stuff. So it is it's a different culturally it's different. But of course, some of the countries are, you know, are pretty strict religiously. And, you know, they're not cool with it, but it still exists, right? It's still like out of the open. And the people, the super religious people are probably the ones, you know, that own the clubs, you know, yeah. where the, the naughty things go on. Um, so, yeah. So, and if you're a foreigner, I mean, you're a foreigner. It's just like a British guy. Have you ever seen a handsome British guy with an accent in America? I mean, you go to, yeah. so, you know, all the girls are just like, you know, that guy's going to get the attention, right? It's like an unfair advantage. And so you know, being a foreigner in another country gives you some weird advantage because you got you know your skin's different, you look different, you talk funny, you know, you're a novelty. But so, you are in a way, you have to remember you're a novelty. So yeah, okay, yeah. So they're you're maybe still they're f- not, they're yeah. not trying to
0: marry you, or maybe,
1: or maybe they try to marry you, but you know, but maybe not for you, maybe for different reasons, right? There's a lot of financial inequity. There's a lot of financial equity that can happen in a a marriage, right? There's a, you know, people have got families, um, and that can lift everybody up. High high tides bring lift all the boats, right? So, you know, if you if you marry somebody two or three or four or ten economic scales above you, that's going to raise that's going to raise generations. Um, Yeah, and
0: and that dynamic exists in America too, just. Yeah, absolutely
1: um, absolutely but the the fina- the levels of financial difference are going to be a lot smaller okay um it's exponential in developing countries
0: so did you ever take a stroll to the red light district and partake in some of the offerings there or? i
1: i have been in a red light district or two allegedly
0: <laughs>
1: allegedly <laughs> okay. actually okay, it's I'm more gonna... taken actually it's more of a i was a good tourist guide um I once, I once uh, when I was living in Ban- I was a, I was living in Asia. I was not living in Bangkok, um, but we were in Thailand for some work. And my friend was there with his mom, his oh, stepmom, shit. yeah, his stepmother. Um, so one of my friends, and they were both the husband and wife were both my, and are my friends. And today, and uh, so we were there, and we had dinner. We met up. We met up in the red light district, which is also like a shop. One of the one of the red light districts. It's also a shopping area. And uh, and so we're all kind of hanging out, and we're talking, and met the mom again. I know the mom, and they're like, the 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 wife comes up to me and says, "Can you take my mom to the ping pong show?"
0: What well, that? You just,
1: you just have to use your imagination. Um, let's just say it's not it's not for the faint of heart. It's not for the faint of heart. Um, so anyway, I found myself. Because obviously the son in law couldn't do it and the and the the mother the daughter didn't couldn't do it. So I had to take grandma and these and her two friends upstairs uh to the dreaded upstairs places where you never want to go. And I took them up there for the ping pong show. And Whoa. that was my uh that was that was one of my red light district foyers. So the mom
0: is the freaky one. That's
1: so wild. Well, the mom and her two friends, you know, they just want to, it's, it's a show, right? They want to go see the show and you hear about Bangkok shows and you want to, you know, it's like a curious thing and you want to go see what the, what's a, what's going on.
0: I Um, heard that the prostitutes are beautiful.
1: There was one, there was a, a bar in that area that, um, if I was like in a hotel, yeah, if I was alone um and work like I was working in Bangkok and I'd you know have dinner or something hotel I'm by myself and eventually, yeah, but like maybe one one night during the four days periodically, um go in there and play spot the lady and spot the lady boy, and then it became the bar, then became spot the actual lady. <laughs> oh uh, shit. <laughs> yeah, and then you know, just have several people dancing, several girls dancing. And, um, you know, they got a mix of lady boys and, and, and ladies. And, uh, you know, so I used to just play my own little game of spot the, you know, spot the lady. Um, it's What's kind of the fun. Appeal? Wait, wait, wait.
0: So the, are the lady boys for guys who are just into that or why are there so many?
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's a mystery. Um, for me, it's a mystery. I don't, I don't know the appeal. Um, it's a good question though i've often I've sat there often and asked myself, you know what's the appeal? I think it's you know fantasy stuff right there's a lot of people that you know all got all kind of you know who knows what who knows how people butter their toast right some left to right up down, some a little butter, some a lot of butter we all everybody's gonna butter their toast different, and so who's to know what the appeal is i are beautiful some of all. them are beautiful, I mean they're beautiful people, you know yeah uh, um so okay
0: so i'm I'm in Bangkok or yeah I'm in Bangkok, and man, I would really love to have a date with one of these beautiful um Asian prostitutes. How do okay. I go about doing that? Do they approach me? do I flash money i mean what what's your advice to
1: them? <laughs> yeah put an f for nine one one call nine one one um <laughs> i I don't know, I think you're. I mean, there's a red light district, right? You can, if you want to, if you want to do that. I think the red light district is definitely that says where to go, right? Yeah, Um, you go there, and that's where it's commerce, right? It's commerce, good or bad, however you look at it. You know, from the universal, is a good thing or a bad thing, judgmental wise. Don't know. Um, Up to everybody, up to everybody's choice to judge that. But uh, Yeah. yeah, I'd go to the red light district.
0: Okay, and so I'm here. I see a bunch of oh, pretty yeah. girls. Yeah, so
1: and, yeah, uh, so they have they have go go bars. So kind of standard thing in in Bangkok or some around Thailand and some some other countries, but not so not, nothing like Thailand. They have a go go bar, and it's it's you go to a, it's like a beer bar, and it's got some crazy Thai music, you know, kind of this discoy <laughs> Thai stuff, and it's just a little drive you nuts. Um, but it's got this funky, it's got its own little beat to it. And there's girls dancing in scantily clad outfits with little numbers. They have little numbers on their, um, on their um, uh, bikinis or whatever they're wearing. And you can pay money and have her come down and sit down with you and and pay money while they talk to you or buy them beer and give them a tip, something like that.
0: Holy shit. This is incredible. So it's kind of like, a strip club in America, even though you don't have yeah. sex in strip clubs, but like we all know, you know, stuff happens.
1: Yeah, it it's it's basically like a strip club in the US. But on a on a commercial level, more everything is very open, right? You can you know you yeah. can um I think you can make arrangements with the with girls uh while you're talking to them.
0: Wow. And, and so what what yeah. what does that sound like? It's like, hey, my hotel's right here. Come on.
1: Well, I mean, they're, the, the, first, the first thing you have to do is when you're in the bar is to fend off, you know, requests to go, you know, take me home. You know, you know, can I sit? Can you buy me a drink? Well, can you buy me a drink? Right. It's can you buy me a drink? And then it's they'll be asking you. I think their English is going to be what's your name? Where are you staying? How long are you staying? Whoa. Who are you with? Yeah. Right. So the quali- they're qualifying the sale right away you know what hotel that's
0: that's an insurance term
1: yeah they're qualifying the sale right which is you know like are you alone are you with friends are you with your spot are you a girl right uh where you're staying also how much money you have um i'm staying at a hostel okay this guy's got no money (laughs) i'm staying at the five-star hotel across the street okay this guy's somebody let's buy a drink um You know, so I think that they're qualifying. You they know how they're, they're, they're business people, right? They're, they're business people. The bar's moving, they're hustling. They want to find people with money, people willing to spend money, just like any business, right? Any business person. Time is money.
0: So what do you miss most about living
1: in these Asian countries? Yeah, it's good. Um, I think the food, for Mm. sure. The food, you know, the food is, is part of the experience. Um, I've been to some great places in the U.S. I miss. I miss some of the street. I miss the street life. Um, I did a lot of street photography there. I've got, you know, my Instagram is pretty baller. Um, I had a lot of, I had a lot of good opportunities to to take pictures, and yeah. so I miss, I miss those two things. I miss the food. Uh, that travel within Asia is fantastic. <clears throat> I miss business class on Cathay Airlines, frankly, and the hot towels oh, and champagne. <laughs> i ain't gonna lie i miss that um but i don't miss the fact that i'm you know was in airports a lot and that's what i did so that that part i don't i don't miss being on airplanes at all i i miss the idea of being on an airplane let me get that clear i miss the thought of having a champagne on an airplane in a hot towel but i don't miss that yeah i had i had all that and it was beautiful and that was my time and it was just an incredible experience wouldn't change it for the world um but I love what I'm doing right now.
0: So do, do you think you love what you're doing now as much as you did when you were in insurance or less? You have to love this more, right? It's, I mean, you just get to,
1: Oh, there's no comparison. Oh, I'm having, yeah. I'm having the time of my life. This is, this is the best thing that ever happened to me. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade this in. Like I said, I wouldn't trade any, All that experience in insurance was great. And, and I, and it changed me as a person uh made me you know made me who I am. It actually prepared me for this part of my life perfectly. Mm. Everything I'm doing here is stuff I did as, as a as a in that job. It's kind of funny. It's really wild when so I look what, at it now.
0: What do you mean just by just by talking to people? You you did a lot
1: of talking in the insurance job? Yeah, a lot of talking, but also like traveling around and you know, flying around, going to different cities, meeting people um you know introducing myself sorry i'm trying to play with my light a little bit um you know meet just meeting people and going to the next city meeting some people hearing their stories because you know i was a a, basically an executive and also you know so i would go in and you know meet people and hear what what you're working on we'd be have people give us presentations you know interact so i've been in so many so many of these walking into strange rooms with strangers or semi-friendly people or, or colleagues. And so I've just, by repetition and then in different cultures. So, you know, a lot of different cultures and different languages. And I've, so I think that repetition of that has given me kind of a nice, good calm. I've got a good calm energy. I go into someone's home, you know, it's not, foreign to me i've been in really way way more foreign places you know i've so it's like it's everything seems quite natural uh it seems yeah. like i've done this for all my life
0: yeah that that's interesting because my father-in-law who i said is an insurance salesman yeah. would love doing what you're doing he would love it because uh, yeah, that's, he would, that's what, that's what he does. He's not an executive. He's a, he sells insurance, but that's what he does. Yeah. Someone calls him or he gets a lead and he walks into somebody's house, a stranger's house with the dogs everywhere and the cats everywhere. And she's care. asking, she's asking yeah. him to reach up high cause he's tall and he's, <laughs> he's doing all of this and, and to, you know, sign her up for insurance, life insurance, whatever. And that is just his jam, and that's what he does all day. I'll go to like four different strangers' houses, and that's that's his jam. that's what he gets off on so i I could totally believe you when yeah, you say yeah. that this is uh, this is a smooth transition,
1: yeah, super easy for me and i'm you know, I'm good at it. I've got a gift for it, and it's not a gift right it's really is the you know it's doing this for a long time.
0: So you you've hopped around even the United States a lot. What what's your favorite city or area in the U.S.?
1: I liked Idaho a lot. Whoa, why? Uh, yeah, I, it's just majestic. I was up in the north north part, um, and just God's country up there, man. So beautiful, so freaking beautiful. So the energy of the forests and stuff, really cool. Um, and I'm I'm going back. I'm gonna to go to southern southern Utah and southern Idaho and stuff just as cool. Really beautiful. So can't wait. Love it, loved it. Idaho was cool. Um Boise was really a cool city, really a cool city. Very Midwest feel, suburban wise, but this big giant kind of rolling mountains, you know, on the outskirts that you could see. Just a cool, really cool spot. Um, I was a, I was a fanboy of that. Um let's see anything else that I was a you know, really big fanboy. I like Tennessee quite a bit. Tennessee yeah. was pretty cool. Um Yeah. Those are my I, kind of my surprise cities, su- sp- sp- surprise spots for me. Dude, I want to go to Idaho so bad. I've
0: I've heard tons of great things about it and I've been wanting to go.
1: Um oh interesting. If you if you like outdoor, go northern. If you like outdoor but you want a little bit more deserty, you know, open sky you know, open ground, go south. And then mm-hmm. Boise was Boise is a cool city. I and they got a nice like a like a part of the the whole riverfront they've kind of taken over as a park, and they've got a couple of footbridges that you go across that are pretty cool around the school. I think it's around a campus or around a park. Um, and then that part of the city at the very end of that, they've got like a whole block or two blocks of just restaurants and pedestrian stuff. So they blocked the street, street doesn't Uh go through anymore. It's just only for, for people walking. Um, so it's really cool. They've done the city planning is really cool. They're, 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 they're pretty clever They do it. They got it right.
0: Yeah, it sounds super nice. Uh, I always like those those areas where it's just kind of closed off the traffic. Mm-hmm. Just kind of walk around, see the shops. And it just always seems to – also the noise from the cars and stuff. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, It, it, it it's really – it sucks. It's one of the sucky things about New York is you can't get away from the bop, bop, bop. What do you think was the best part of your, your life? Well, the best part of my life – like a uh,
1: section your 20s yeah teens, i mean i had whatever i uh, three uh, three is off the top of my head you know maybe three or four i think definitely my childhood was pretty magic you know baseball teams my dad was a coach baseball football basketball that little period when we were doing all three all four with gymnastics that was a blast great life yeah you know kid kid in suburbia in chicago um I thought in uni, I was, I was, you know, I thought in uni- university, a couple of great years there, like a good moment, like no regrets there, just absolutely a blast. Um, and I think, you know, married life, raising kids when I, when I was married, I'm divorced now, but that, that time of young married with the kids, building the family, doing all their book reading, putting kids to bed. You know, taking them to soccer practice, cooking dinner, shopping at Costco, you know, uh, doing the grind, paying the bill. I loved it, man. I was like, like, oh, like the dad stuff, being yeah. a dad, the best. Definitely how do the you, best.
0: How, how do you ration that with people who say, but well, damn, if I get kids, they're going to keep me up late at night. They're going to stress me out. They're expensive. Why would I want kids? How, but it's, you're describing it as one of the best times of your life. How do you oh, bridge that gap?
1: I mean, you have you have to look at the magic of what happens, right? You're taking mm-hmm. how many billions of eggs, right? And one little egg drops and one little sperm out of a billion, trillion sperms. And these two things meet somewhere. You know, in this, and and look at the size. You look at the size of the uterus relative to the size of a sperm and an egg, right? And it's like, it's like a rocket hitting a rocket somewhere around Mars. Wow. I I mean, it's beyond a miracle, right? And then these things produce, you know, and inside, before you know it, in you know, from 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 my side, you know, your wife is this baby's growing inside, right? And then, you know, as the baby's born, this is this magic energy thing that's both of you, but neither of you, it's its own thing, Um, and they have their own energy, and you've created it, right? And you get to watch it grow up, and it's magic. And now my babies are having babies. And to see grandkids, and to now, that's what's given me a different perspective on this, is having the grandkids, and and now I under now I get it, right? I get the magic, and and it's like you, when you're a kid and doing it, I was a freaking kid. Kids raising kids, right? You're just in the, you're a zombie, man. You have no <laughs> idea what the fuck is going on. You are barely hanging on, waking your ass up. They're you know, just when you get you know like they you know wake up at two in the morning and poop and shit themselves for three hours, then you got to go to work in the morning. I mean, that's the real that's the real shit. you have to block all of that out, right? You'd never survive. You have to erase that from your memory, yeah um but then you see as a grandparent, you then fully understand the whole magic of the whole thing um for me, at least that's been my journey. How absolutely magical kids are, and you know the whole birth thing and the fact that we can make babies is just beyond imagination. So
0: you wouldn't go back and do anything different.
1: I'd go back and have eight kids if I did it different. What? How many kids did you have? <laughs> Two daughters. I would have oh, w- tried to stick it out, you know, out of out of I'd have had six kids or four kids, at least four. If I if I could do it over again, I would have had more kids. Why? Just because it's cool, right? The magic of it, right? And just seeing, you know, with the grandkids like having multiple grandbabies popping out of different people would be amazing, right? Having now you know, 14 people, not four people. Right. But all with all the yeah. grandkids and the, and the son-in-laws, right. are also kind of cool. Um, yeah. So are it's been kind of cool. I mean, Oh yeah. I've got a good, yeah. 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 And, I mean, kind of like, no, I mean, kind of cool. And, uh, you know, there's kind of, kind of, I kind of have to begrudgingly admit that. Yeah. Actually I've got a great, some great, Like one great son-in-law and my other daughter's got a great partner. Um, nice.
0: How, how does that go? Okay, so so you have daughters, right? I'm a guy. You're a guy. We know how creepy guys are. <laughs> um, so, like, how do you rationalize that in your head that my 15-year-old daughter wants to go have sex with this little freaking chump, and even if she doesn't <laughs> want to have sex with, you know, some little snot ball – like there's oh. all of the boys at school are just fantasizing about having sex with your daughter. Like, how do you, <laughs> how do you sleep at night with that? crap? How do
1: you get that out of your head? Well, yeah, you just, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you get over it. Um, you can, you can come, you can come to peace with that is you've given her the right tools, right. To know okay. what's right and wrong and, um, you know, and how to navigate her own life. Uh, and she's going to make her own mistakes. They got to have their own path. She has to have her own path and she has to have her own chance at, at right and wrong and falling down. I mean, that's part of life, right? But if you've, if you've done your job and you've given her the right tool sets, by age seven and eight, you're, you're, you're already done, bro. You know, the, the, the imprinting is already there on the relationship yeah. between you and your wife, right? Your spouse. And, you know, that they see what a healthy relationship looks like. Or they see what a relationship should be. And if, if it's a wrong one, if it's a broken one, that's imprinted and they will try to fix that in their relationships. So they will pick, you know, they will pick the exact same problems you and your wife had, and they will duplicate that, trying to fix that in their relationships as they grow older, if they don't understand that dynamic. It's pretty common. What's so your biggest you know, regret? As a, as a parent, I'm sorry to
0: cut you off too. Yeah. yeah, we're,
1: No, we're... no, no. That was the end of the thought. A uh, biggest, yeah. Biggest regret, biggest regret as a parent, maybe not spending, you know, not being present enough. I could have been, pre- I should have been present more. Uh, like you said, the kids are a pain in the ass. You know, it's time. I'm you're tired. <laughs> you know, you're ground down work has got you, or I want to do my own thing and have my own pleasures or my own time. Um, to be more present. Yeah. So my advice to young fathers: be there. You know, give that. It's so important what you say, and watch very careful what you say.
0: Damn, that sounds words. Scary.
1: Um, <laughs> words really, really have an impact on children. So be very judicious in your in your words. And and you know what
0: that that. That's something I'm scared of because I am happiest whenever I don't think and I just, you know, just do shit and (laughs) say shit and whatever. And it's one of the reasons I don't like hanging out with my in-laws, for example, because whenever I'm hanging out with my in-laws or even my parents, I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. Like you don't want yeah. your in-laws to think you're a loser, right? Oh, this guy's a loser. He look, he's talking about prostitutes in Bangkok. He what a fucking idiot! And so I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm like, all it just, right, yeah, I,
1: it's a rambling conversation, mom. It's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and so I'm like, okay, you know, I I I want, and also I want to make my them proud. I want my wife to be proud. I don't, and so I'm like, I don't want to spend time with them. But what you said is so true how these younger people observe everything i have a sister-in-law who is 16 years old and i've known her since she was like eight Mm. and i don't view her as an in-law i view her as just a friend she's my buddy hey like we go hang out and i don't watch what i say or do but her mom will come and say oh yeah you know she um She's seen you were listening to that music and now she listens to it all the time. I'm like, no, don't, don't listen to me. Like I'm just an idiot. And she's like, oh yeah, yeah. She's seen that. um, She's seen that you really like, like cats. And now she wants a cat. I'm like, oh, that's so much responsibility.
1: What should I do? It's a real thing. It's a real thing.
0: Well, well what what I do? I'm asking you. What, what do I? I <laughs> oh. mean, do I do I try to like act like an upstanding citizen, or do I just keep letting it fly? <laughs> I think
1: you'll find your path. Yeah. You'll find your path.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you got to be you, right?
1: You got to be you, but also you'll change. I mean, you know, you'll be you'll you'll I don't know you'll 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 mature. You'll mellow. You'll uh, you know all that stuff.
0: Did did you mature and mellow? And if you did, why? What caused it?
1: Well, I think you just you just um, you go through life. You've got different levels of responsibility. You know, life does kind of uh, it just kind of matures you. It shows you. I don't know how to articulate it. Um, I think you just see more and more bigger. Pr- your your perspective gets larger. Okay, and and I think you know you realize what's important and what's not important,
0: yeah.
1: Um, and you know you learn where where to give a fuck, where not to give a fuck. Uh, you're more judicious with your fucks to give. Right? You try not <laughs> to get as excited as you used to as a kid, and you definitely want to, you know, pause for a second you know on on things before you react you learn a little bit you know when you're young and you got you know you got a lot of testosterone and you're firing your synapses are all firing all like perfect you know as soon as something happens you know, you're like ah you know like the, you react yes. and then you think you know and slowly i think we think before we react uh as we as we mature yeah um uh, contemplations a good thing
0: yeah, I'm, I'm i'm scared of that i whenever i whenever I start to think too much, I get depressed. Um, that's, that's usually, uh, for example.
1: Yeah, but not, but not like that. I'm talking about like, think before you speak a little bit, think before you oh, act, Lord. you pause for a moment, you have a little bit of like, what's the outcome. Is this, do I have to do this now? Do I, do I have, is this something that has to be done now or is this can be, this can wait, you know, just no, not, not about life. Of course, that's a different kind of pondering. You, pon- you Of course, you have more time to ponder because you're more alone as you get older. So there's a lot more thinking time.
0: Okay, that that's actually a great clarification.
1: And and also too, maybe. So I don't I don't
0: have kids, but maybe if I had kids, I would say, you know what, this kid is so freaking important to me that I will watch my mouth. And I it's it's the motivation that maybe I need to uh, calm down and not be a freaking lunatic
1: um, all the time. Oh so. yeah. You'll see you. will Oh yeah. If you don't have kids, then yeah, you'll, you'll, as soon as you have kids, you'll see they're like, they're like a mirror image of you, right? They'll do exactly what you oh, do. No. Yeah. And then you'll be like, Oh my God, that's so powerful, yeah. but that's so scary. <laughs> and then you'll see that, you know, they look like you, they smile like you, you know, they'll, they'll, um, so yeah, you kind of realize, but you know, people can tell you that, but until you do it and you're the parent, mm you know, you don't understand, right? You can, you can understand, but you can't really, you know, you haven't experienced it. So I think the parenting is one part. And then the grandparenting is a different part, right? It's again, I'm doing it, but I'm doing it out of body. I'm watching my children, I'm watching my children raise children. So it's a kind of a different perspective and it just gives a little bit more clarity.
0: What have you noticed with uh, generations? So What differences do you notice in like the younger generation, maybe like some good and bad things that you've observed, Hmm. or do you just not care?
1: (laughs) No, um, for sure. Uh, I'm, (laughs) I'm pretty, I'm I'm pretty observant. I, I think it's interesting if you watch social media, if you listen to the news, uh, if you get kind of the, the, the lunatics on the fringes of all arguments have the microphones and the spotlights. You know, there everybody's got their three ring circus up on the edge of town. All of us in the middle are just, you know, just trying to like, go. What the fuck is going on? For the most mm-hmm. part, that's what, that's my take. Um, and it's kind of validated as I meet kids, kids being twenties and up to thirty something. You know, your age, not kids, but younger generations. Um, I'm not, I don't I don't know it much below eighteen because I haven't interviewed them, but basically yeah. from the interviews I've done from the twenties, you know, college kids to thirties, I'm I'm super, you know, I'm super hopeful uh of the future and leadership and, and I think that a lot of kids get it. Uh young or should I should say younger generation, um, you know, get it and they're gonna I think the country's gonna be fine. You know, in fact a lot better if we could uh um get the younger generation older, faster. <laughs> you know, we need some, we need a little bit of help. I do. Honestly, I got a, I got a lot of hope for the twenties and the thirties uh, mm. year olds. And, um, and I think that's, that's a generation that's going to, going to do a lot of good for us. Um, and I think again, social media is, is fringe stuff. Regular people. I meet every day, regular people, great people got their heads on their shoulders. Love it. Smart, way, way more smart and way more aware than my generation was.
0: Mm. That's a that's a good point. I think I think also too. You you you've just made a, a great point, which is that I think people look at social media and TV and stuff like that, and they think this is the state of the world, right? Because we spend so much damn time on the internet.
1: Yeah, yeah. You do think it's the state of the world. It's not.
0: No, it's not. It's not. You go to the grocery store, you go to the park and people are nice as shit. Everybody's cool. Yeah. You know, everybody's not crazy. You know, it's, it's definitely a weird depiction of society that's on the internet.
1: I, I think a good analogy it reminds me of is I I used to call it CNN syndrome. And, uh, it was back, you know, when I was in Asia, uh, I'd be in some city and you know, my, somebody call me or I get a text message. Are you Okay i be like, mm. well, I'm fine. Why? And we're like, well, there's a riot in, in Jakarta or something, right? And at the embassy, they're protesting and it looks crazy. And I'm like, oh yeah, those are like the paid protesters, and they get they have a camera down there, and the police and the protest everybody's like giggles and has fun, passes out drinks and sodas, and then the cameras turn on, and they all act like maniacs for five minutes, and then they turn the cameras off, and everybody goes back to being normal. <laughs> and I'm like, it's. It's I'm like, it's fine. No one's doing anything. It's they're trying to ask for more money or something. It's just, you know, they're burning tires. Yeah. They're going to probably burn some stuff. They might even, you know, beat somebody up. It's possible, you know? Um, so anyway, it's like CNN syndrome. It's all theater. And, and social media is absolutely, it's just people pretending to do stuff and pretending to be people. Um, or in a lot of cases, a lot of mental health um a lot of mental health issues and people with mental health issues being given a camera and a stage and a platform. Um, So, you know, you just got to look at it like it's, there's a lot of mental health issues um, that we can see in people that post
0: Okay, I'm glad you you talked about mental health.
1: You have a mental health podcast. You're you're an expert, yeah. and some, I'm not an for sure. I'm not an expert, no, but I'm an I'm an expert at podcasting for mental health. But I definitely don't know anything about mental health.
0: Great Sorry. clarification. Great clarification. Uh, so, what is going on in the past, maybe ten years or so? This term, mental health, even fifteen years, twenty years ago, you. You didn't hear the term mental health. At least I didn't. Oh, yeah. uh, 15 you're, you're, years you're ago. You were a, did
1: not you're hear a the, psycho.
0: Yeah. It's you're, like, oh, man, what, the, what the hell? Oh, yeah. It was like, you're schizophrenic. That's what that Yeah, meant yeah, yeah. Exactly. There. Mental health meant, meant something not good. And so now all of a sudden, it's like it's everywhere. There's like whole companies built around mental health. There's tons oh, yeah. of like new drugs out there for mental health. There's like programs out there for mental health. And my question is why all of a sudden and the answer that everybody tells me, which honestly I'm not buying just in my gut is that there's more awareness around mental health. So now people are like more free to talk about it. Why do you think all of a sudden everybody's talking about and concerned with mental health?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I I don't, it, and i think it is a combination right i think it there's i don't think there's any um any real one answer on this um i think it is one it's we're more i think there is a problem so yeah. I, I think there is a i think there is a crisis right and for sure i think it's way way worse than it's ever been um i think social media is part of it Um, for sure. I think social media has got, got a good, a good chunk of that, but it definitely started before social media. Um, and I don't, I don't know what the triggers are. Some of it is related to, even though it's kind of weird and it's kind of counterintuitive to me, but I would say it's also a lot of the breakup of the family. Um, Mm. you know, it tracks, I mean, if you, you know, big things track together, and mental health tracks with with the, the breaking up of the family, um, you know, the family unit being, you know, people being raised by a two parent household. That number has gone down quite a bit, and um, some demographics way way worse than others, and so that's part of it. And then I think definitely the 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 social media has got a big chunk of that. I, I don't know what the other the other couple parts of that would have been. People talk a lot about COVID accelerating it, and I definitely mm. think COVID was an absolute monkey for a lot of people. It pushed a lot of people over the cliff um, with their mental health. And a lot of people have come back from it, but um, but it was a bad situation being putting people a, lo- a lot of people by themselves or with other people they didn't really get along with, <laughs> right? Uh, and we did a lot of damage with that. I think that's that's going to take some years to undo. Depends on where yeah. you live too. Yeah, so I don't I don't know the answer to it really. I think it's a combination of things.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's actually a good point, and I, I actually share that hypothesis about the family uh, too. There's every everybody's divorced. It's always one one family household. Yeah. Uh, n- people seem to be intimidated to talk to other people in real life. Um, so, you know, everybody wants to talk on social media. It's a lot of shit. I, I really don't know, to be honest, um, but I think you, it's a great explanation. And if you want to hear more, go listen to Ken's mental health podcast. What, what is your podcast? Thank you so much for coming on, Ken. Uh, yeah. Where, where can people find you? All of your podcasts.
1: I, so I think the easiest, easiest place to get to, to, to find us or find more about what, what I'm doing is at the So just yes. go to the And, um, the best, Part two, you go there. Is you can read everything, but also if you register your email, you'll get the first part of my book for free, a little PDF awesome. download. So you just register, you know, I think it's basically, I don't know if I'm not registering your email, I guess it's registering your email and then you'll get the the link for the PDF. Uh, so that's your yesterday's, your today's, tomorrow's. It'll give you a good taste of the book. Uh, and it's free. Everybody likes free stuff and it's a real, yes. and it's a real book. Um uh, it's it's good fun. So go on there, go to the website, check it out, and then there are links there. You can find all the links. But I'm on. Um, we got some stuff on YouTube, so you can look on the Jar Podcast. There, we're on Spotify, uh, Apple, all that good stuff.
0: And that, I'll, I'll put all of that in the show notes. All your links um, to your Instagram, YouTube, all that good stuff will be in the show. Ken, thank you so much for coming on. Course, man, thanks, my friend. You're awesome yes thanks so so much bye bye